For those of you watching us online, it's great to be with you. Um, what a joy, what a privilege we have to simply come into his presence. Um, this morning, I was just remembering when Moses came before the presence of God, he had to take his shoes, his sandals off because it was a holy ground. When Elijah came in face to face with God's presence, he covered his face. When Isaiah was encountering the presence of God, he fell to his knees, he lost his strength. Yet through Jesus, we have this free access. We can simply come today, this morning. So I encourage you today, as we engage our hearts to hear God's word, to, to grasp how truly precious privilege we have wherever we are, not just here for those that are at home. The Holy Spirit, God's presence can move, can touch our hearts, can transform us. Um, so this morning, uh, I want to quickly remember what we, from last Sunday, if you, those of you were here, um, Jess said on Moses, he's experiencing the desert, um, and how God used that experience to transform to change his character and equip him to later on lead his people out of the desert, out of Egypt. Um, and today I'm going to look into Elijah. Uh, and, and this story is close to my heart because a year, two years ago I was in Brazil with my mom. She had a stroke. And God spoke to me through this experience how um, Elijah went to the wilderness and in that moment, we're going to be looking later how, how much God worked in his life in that moment. Um, you might be wondering, what has this quite ancient story has to do with us? But the word of God is powerful. And time and time again, we see things in a different perspective. We, the Holy Spirit reveals things to us. And, and my prayer is this morning... For us here, for you at home, that we will be encouraged and strengthened and receive this powerful truth from God as we meditate, as we go into, um, beginning to the story of Elijah. I have such an excitement to ask Isla to come and read for me the scriptures we're going to be looking into. Now, I'm sorry, I'm not good with my words. Um, now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Bathsheba in Judah, Judah, huh? Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. 
He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled for 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore down the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant and torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, Anoint Hazel king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu son of Nimshi king over Israel. And anoint Elisha son of Shaphat from Abel Maola to succeed you as a prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escapes the word of Hazel. And Elisha will put to death any who escape the word of Jehu. Yet I reserve, I reserve even, I reserve seven thousand in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and ho- and whose mouths have not kissed him. For me, what a when I read those scriptures, I thought, what a powerful. What an, an amazing account of events that you see Elijah going through. Um, an incredible man of God. Suddenly he finds himself at the lowest point he's ever been, wishing to die. And we wonder why? What caused him to get to that place? He was a man just like us. Fragile, weak, human, as we all are. I think we can only fully appreciate the story and what God did in Elijah's runaway into the wilderness when we look on the previous chapter and see what God has done in his journey as a prophet. We know that he was a man of faith and courage, He trusted God for miracles. Um, He saw the 
powerful manifestation of God in Car um, Mount Carmel, where fire came from heaven. For those of you that maybe have not heard Elijah before, um, he was faced with the prophets of Baal. And at that point, God answered him he, to his faith. He put water on the altar, but fire came from heaven and consumed that offering to prove to all the other prophets of Baal that Elijah was the one serving truly the living God. Later on also, he, he went through, um, there was a, a drought. There was no rain for years. And he had the faith to send his messenger to Ahab and say, rain is coming. But after only seeing the cloud of a side of a man's hand. That was the level of his faith. But above all, he was a man who was moved to locations only in response to God's commands. But on this occasion, in chapter 19, we see that the journey was not divinely appoint appointed, initiated. God did not speak to him or send him anywhere. So if God didn't lead Elijah to the wilderness, what did or who did? And when I look back into the story, I can see clearly it was fear. Fear by the message he received from Queen Jezebel that she wanted him dead. In this moment, Elijah stopped listening to God and listen to Jezebel's message. Whose message are we listening to? Whose messenger? Whose voice? The media, our culture, our ego. What is, is it that we are giving our ears to? The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So in the same way, unbelief and fear comes by hearing other voices of this world. I wonder how different the scenario might have been if Elijah had not listened, if he had ignored Jezebel's messenger and simply continued with his ears and heart attentive to God. Probably the scenario would be completely different. In verse 3 to 5, we see Elijah's lowest point. I'm going to read it again. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba, he in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went to a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. We see here the power of fear. Fear defeats us, defeats our faith, and makes us run away. It diverts us from God's plans. It weakens us, and eventually it stops us. All the courage that took Elijah to defeat the 400 prophets of Baal on the previous chapter was gone. He's, he lost his faith, and when he lost his faith, he's lost his courage and so his strength. 
Someone quotes, fear imprisons, faith liberates. Fear paralyzes, faith empowers. Fear disheartens, faith encourages. Fear sickens, faith heals. Fear makes us useless, faith makes us serviceable. Also, fear blocks our vision. We no longer see the reality of who God is in relationship to our problems. Fear makes us forget what God has done. I wonder if we humans are too quick to forget things. Elijah, when faced with threat and opposition, pretty quickly forgot all that God has done in his life previously. And also, fear makes you think that you're alone. When he's speaking to God, he's saying, I'm the only one left. Now we see God reminding him that that is not the truth. In verse 18, when it says, Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all those whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouth have not kissed him. You are not alone, even though you might feel it sometimes. We are all in this journey with God. We have been through a very hard year in many different levels. This pandemic and the effects of it on each area of our lives, without a doubt, have caused some fear around us. And you might feel like I just felt I had enough of this. You might all have been feeling like we had enough of this year and all the impact on us. Now, I hope I'm not misunderstood here. We are not to deny danger, but to see through the right lens and perspective. God is still the creator of the universe. He's still Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. He's still our God, and he will be faithful to the very end. He can still make a way in the wilderness, in the moments that we go in our lives, in the places that we feel lonely and isolated. When there seems there is no way, he still can make a way. He hasn't changed. Our circumstances might change. Our feelings might change, our perspective might change, but God still the same. He remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. We are passing by here. We are dust. We came from dust, and to dust we return. But he's still the same. Through generation after generation, he remains up until verse 4, we see that it's Elijah has been so far responding only to Jezebel's messenger, the threat that he received. But now in verse 5, we see it's God's turn to take the initiative with an angel or a messenger of his own. It's God's first move in leading Elijah back to the place of faith, to the path of faith where from which he has run away. I cannot help but be in awe and wonder as we see the heart of God revealed here. 
He's always, always coming after us. God in his abundant grace, love, compassion, and mercy, he reaches out to Elijah. He doesn't abandon him there. He could. After all, it was his own decision to have run away into the wilderness. But God wasn't offended by Elijah's lack of trust and memory. That he had completely forgotten all that God has done previously in his life. And he was still able, the same God, he was still able to make a way for him. So let's see what God does in this particular wilderness in Elijah's life. One, as we sin, God reaches out. He sends his angel to wake him up. Now, I find this interesting. We all might go through seasons in life where we feel quite tired and worn out, and all we can do is rest, and there's nothing wrong with that. But this sleepless state that Elijah is, is, is deeper. It's something deeper. He has given up on life altogether. His heart, soul, spirit are dying within him. So God sends an angel to wake him up of that state to bring him back to life. I think we have a video now. I saw this video and I thought it was quite funny. And I thought to share this morning. Honestly, when I saw it, the title said, this summarized my walk with Jesus. And I thought, that is so true. That is so true. How many times he rescues us, he takes us out of that place we found ourselves. And without realizing, we find ourselves back into the same place. <laughs> but this is the heart of God. He doesn't judge us. He doesn't condemn us. He comes after us. Time and time again, just like the sheep, we all fall into our humanity, our fragility. But the amazing good news is Jesus. He's the shepherd. He, in his relentless love and abundant grace, always is at hand, right there, never too late to rescue us and bring us back again. I'm sure we all have experienced those moments when God sends, whether angels or human angels, at those particular times, at moments when we really need it, or maybe a message that we needed to hear. I remember a few years ago, I was only 18, and I, I was feeling quite low and lost, not really sure about the future and what to do, and as I hop in the bus to go to work. I, I was mourning to God in quietly saying, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what I'm doing here. What is the purpose of me being here? And la, 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 and, and just feeling really low. And as I leave my head up in the ceiling of the, the bus, there was those words, for I know the plans I have for you. Declares the Lord, plans to prosper you 
and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I never knew if those words were real, because <laughs> I never seen any other scripture on a bus ever in my life again. But at that moment, that was the word I needed to hear. And God used a bus on my ordinary life, and he reached out to bring hope, to strengthen me in my journey at that moment. The other thing we see here, God provides our essential basic needs to strengthen us and replenish us. We see that God provided bread, water, and company. Now, this I find quite interesting because in Moses' experience with the Israelites in the desert, they experienced manna from heaven. They were surrounded by each other. They had company. They had plenty of company. They didn't need angels providing meals for them. But at this situation here, Elijah is completely alone and very low, giving up on life. And God sends exactly what he needs, food, water, and company to strengthen him, to take him out of that place. I wonder if sometimes in our lives... We want God to do things that are not necessarily what, we, what he does. In this case, God could have simply get rid of Jezebel, which was the, the, the one thing that Elijah was fearful of, but he didn't. He gave Elijah, he didn't remove the problem. He gave him what he needed to come out of that place where he found himself. And quite often I find in my life that God doesn't remove the challenges and circumstances in our lives, but he's with us in that moment. As we heard just last week, Psalm um, 23, that he's a shepherd and he goes before us. He comes after us, but he's also in the middle in those deserts and wilderness and valleys and suffering that we go through. He's right there with us. I, as I was preparing for this morning, I, I really felt God's heart for us today, not only for Elijah back then, but for us today. He wants to strengthen you and me. He wants to replenish us. If you're at home and feeling quite low, God wants to restore life in your heart, in your soul, strengthen you for all of us. Now, I find it quite interesting, as we saw this sheep here. Um, we do the same sometimes. We fall on the same thing. But God is constantly time and time again, never, never tired of coming after us. I find quite funny that when Elijah was fed by the angel, suddenly he went back to sleep again. I, I don't know if you remember when we read, his, the angel touched him, gave him food, water, and he went back to sleep again. <laughs> and I wonder if we do the same sometimes. When we go through very difficult seasons in our lives, painful times, in the midst of our despair, our tiredness and loneliness, 
we tend to receive God's provision, but instead of keep feeding uh, on it and receiving from it, we might just go back to sleep again. But God in his gentle character and his grace, he gently wakes us up again. Eat some more. The angel said to him, eat some more and drink some more because the journey ahead is too hard for you. And the Bible says in verse 8, in, in the same chapter 19, so he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Wow. This food here was not just a common, ordinary food. It was a powerful food that gave him the strength to walk for 40 days and 40 nights out of that wilderness, out of that place where he ran into. And he goes out into the very presence of God in Horeb. The same mountain that God spoke to Moses before is the same place that God draws him back to. I find it fascinating how God didn't speak to Elijah directly in the wilderness, in that very low place he was. He provided what he needed right there to strengthen him and to come out of that place into his presence. The third thing we see here is that God, draw, God draws Elijah closer into a deeper relationship. In verse 9, God speaks in a form of a question. What are you doing here, Elijah? I see this as an invitation for Elijah to open, an opportunity to open his heart to God. God knew his journey. He knew absolutely every detail of what had happened and why Elijah had run into the wilderness. But God here gives him an opportunity to talk, to open his heart. God wants to hear your voice. He's a God of relationship. He wants to hear from you. How are you today? Have you been overwhelmed by fear? Do you find yourself in a weary and lonely, isolated place in your heart and soul? Are you worn out of the year we had and the effect of the pandemic? Like Elijah, you might have had enough of the battles and sufferings you've been through. Now God sees you and he fully understands your and my humanity. He's not against you, he's for you. He's wanting to bring you closer. He's in the process, in those middle period of times when we don't know what's going on, when our hearts are weary and lowly, he's right there to feed us, to strengthen us, and to bring us closer to his heart. I believe God's longing for us today and 
every day of our lives is to strengthen us, to replenish us, to bring life within us. Let's be real and open our heart to our Father in heaven. Let's not come pretending to be strong that everything we're dealing okay with is let's just say as it is how you feel open your heart to your father Jesus said come to me all that are weary and burdened and I will give you rest he alone is the source of life he alone can give us life In verse 11 and 12, we see God revealing himself in a different way to Elijah. Before, Elijah saw God in the fire, coming from heaven, in miraculous ways. But as we read, it says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain, apparent in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. I love that. A gentle whisper. I am... I wonder how many times in my life I might have been searching for God in the fire, in the miraculous, in the powerful wind, when God has been right there next to me whispering, I'm with you. And I want to encourage you this morning. Sometimes we might be searching for miraculous manifestations, but at this point, Elijah had his encounter with God in miraculous ways before, but at this particular moment, God wanted to bring him closer. You can only hear a whisper if you're really close and attentive. That's how close God wanted to bring Elijah to his heart. We see the heart of God here. He wasn't interested in once again show off his power and glory to Elijah. He was after something deeper. I wonder if God is teaching here to, um, to Elijah not just to search for his glory and his power, but for relationship. Recently, I heard a, a song by Cody Carnes in nothing, it's called Nothing Else. And the word says, I'm not here for blessings, Jesus. You don't owe me anything. More than anything you can do. I just want you. And that really got me thinking that Jesus' character is to give what you need anyway. Here we see the order. It wasn't Jesus it wasn't God whispering to Elijah and then providing what he needed to come out of that place. He first met his need. So Jesus' character, he doesn't get offended when we come to him because we need him. Because the truth is, without him, we can't do anything. So he's fully aware of that. 
our dependency on him. But in this moment, Elijah, God is just bringing him to that closer, deeper relationship that is not about what he can do for him, and he, but it's about just being with him and hearing his voice, that closeness. I wonder if sometimes we can be influenced by our culture of entitlement as, we, as if we, we come to God as he owes us something, as he... I've been thinking this morning, even to be standing before in my heart, I was saying, Lord, you are the creator of the universe. How can it be that you choose to use us, broken people, broken vassals? It's his way. Because he loves us. Because he chose us for relationship. I find it extremely encouraging to see the journey that Elijah went through from being completely low, wishing to die, to being fed by God and strengthened, to have their energy to come out of that wilderness where he found himself, to then experience the presence, the very presence of God to the point that he covered his face. But then he was so close that he could hear his whisper. I was just reminded of my kids. In the same way, I wonder, God as a father, when my kids come to me for a hug or to you for a hug, just to be with you, isn't that special? When it's not about just, mommy, I'm hungry. Mommy, I'm thirsty. Mommy, I need some shoes. Mommy, can you dress me? <laughs> but it's just that, that closeness. And I believe in the same way. Like, we love our children, and I love to provide my kids. There's nothing wrong with that. But in the same way, it's, this, it's a, a, level deep, a deeper level of intimacy when you can just enjoy each other's company and just hug and feel the love through that embrace. And I believe God wants to bring us to that close. He will provide what you need today and every day to come out of those lonely, isolated places, but also he wants to bring you so close, just like one of Jesus' disciples, John. He was able to lean on Jesus' shoulder and hear his whisper. What I find amazing is that Elijah's circumstances didn't change. When we think about it, Eli um, Jezebel was still after him. The threat was still going on. There were people wanting him dead still. But it's almost like once he, he's fed by God and, by, and he's strengthened by his provision, once he's drawn closer to God and hear his voice, he doesn't remember anymore the threat. He doesn't remember anymore what was causing the fear. Number four, the last thing that I see God doing here is that once he draw Elijah close to him, God directs him and sends him. God gives instructions to him. The Lord said to him in verse 15, 16, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. 
I find it quite funny, actually, that God sent him to another desert. Now, this time, God is sending him to the desert. It wasn't him running away to the wilderness. This time, he actually got sending him and says, when you get there, anoint Hazel, king over Aram, and so on. I'm not going to even try. <laughs> I find it difficult to read those words, those names. <laughs> but you read it earlier on. Um, and I think the point here is that God, after replenish him, strengthen him, drawing him near to him, God sends him. So, if you, just to go through a summary, yeah. So, God reaches out to us, always. In this case, Elijah didn't cry out to God, come and help me, rescue me. I mean, no, he didn't even have the strength for that. God reached out to you at those moments when you don't even have the strength to, re to cry out for his help anymore. Then he provides our essential basic needs. At that point, it was food, water. Each reality is different. What God, God knows what you need at specific times in life, and he would provide what you need. He didn't remove Jezebel from his life and the cause of fear. But he provided what he needed to come out of that place he found himself. Then he draws, God draws near. He draws us near into a deeper relationship with him. That we're able to hear his whisper. And he finally directs us and sends us. Let's pray. <laughs>